Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Irvin Mendoza. This is Jason Ortiz. And welcome to another episode of the Us Against the World podcast. All right, everyone. So today we have a special guest. Um, he's one of our homies, a fellow Santa Ana OC native. His name's Adrian de la Riva. So welcome him, of course. Um, he majored in criminology and social ecology at UCI. And the great thing about it is that he's advocating for the youth. You know, he's currently a youth partner at a wraparound program um, in the county. His future goals include mentoring at a grander scale, of course, and help the youth by uplifting them through his story and his experiences. So you'll listen today, you know, his story, his experiences. Hopefully that uplifts you. Welcome our friend and homie, Mr. Adrian De La Riva. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Adrian. Welcome, Adrian. So, yeah, man. So, we you know, we really appreciate you coming out here, telling us your story. Usually our guests, you know, they start from the beginning, you know, how it all started. Tell us, man, like, how it all started with you. And what I mean by that is just your life story, man. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of layers and, you know, be here for hours. But, you know, I'm going to try to keep it, you know, short and sweet and to the meat of the bone, I guess you can say. Yeah, Adrian. So, where are you from? So I was born in uh, Luis Moya, Zacatecas. You know, shout out to all my Zacatecanos out there. Hey, shout out. And uh, yeah, I was I came uh, to Santa Ana, uh, California when I was five years old. So I've resided in Santa Ana uh, ever since then for going on 20 years now. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that um, have shaped me to where I am right now and the person that I've become. A lot of things that, you know, have happened along the way that some good, some bad that uh, now uh, has helped me, you know, help the youth that I work with right now. How was it uh, living in Santa Ana? What was it like? Because from what I hear on Instagram, I don't know, man, it sounds kind of sketchy. <laughs> Hiding on Santa Ana, right? <laughs> hey, depending on the part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, depending on what part. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, growing up in Santa Ana, there was already that connotation of like, you know, oh, people that live in Orange County, it's not that bad. And, you know, they see that they think that it's like, you know, South County. Right. That's like, you know, Newport and all of that Irvine. But I mean, there was a lot of struggle in, in Santa Ana and Anaheim and a lot of places that just really shaped who you were. And for me, it was interesting because uh, when we came here, uh, we pretty much, you know, stayed with my aunt. And, you know, my dad had already been here for uh, quite a while already. So, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a culture shock, to be honest. I mean, coming from, although I was small, in Mexico, it was completely different. There was, it was before all the, you know, things that were going on right now. But, right. you know, I was still five, six years old. And I would still go to the jardin in the afternoons and uh, go hang out with my grandpa, you know, baseball games and stuff like that. So there was a lot of things that, you know, I was able to do that over here, I was like, you know, it was, you know, oh, I was telling my mom, like, oh, like, there's no senas over here. Like, there's no, like, you know, what is this? What senas? Know? I don't like, know what senas. Well, sena, like, in, Me in Mexico over there, it was, like, eat, like, an uh, before bed. Oh, uh, okay. Like, snack, like, oh, uno, un, un pan, or, that, you know, they were send my, my mom would send me and my primos and stuff to, like, the little market, be like, oh, you know, get some you know, panque uh, panqueques or mantequillas oh. or something like that. and So that was uh, routine, eating. Yeah. eating a, so after dinner, having another meal before going yeah, to bed? Yeah, just a little like. Like a treat. You know, a little treat, like a little some cafecito con, con, con oh, pan classic. or some cookies yeah. and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things that changed. But the thing is that since I came here when I was, when it was during the summer, 
I unfortunately did not enroll into school. So I, I, I guess I passed the enrollment period and stuff. So uh, when I went in to school, I was actually a one year, technically one year older than, than my fellow classmates. So that was a bit weird at first. What grade was this? Uh, I started kinder here. I started, okay. I started school and stuff oh, okay, okay. And, and everything here. But Spanish was my, my, first, my first language, my, primor, my primary language. So it was a bit hard to uh, you know, start learning, catching up on English and, and, and everything like that. And my mom was a teacher in Mexico. Uh, she was a, a middle school teacher. So I would mean she was like very strict. Yeah, secundaria. Yeah, secundaria. <laughs> so I, I grew up with Spanish and schools and stuff like that. So love school because, I mean, I was always over there uh, with my mom. But, but I mean, learning, and I, re and I remember because I've, I've heard y'all's episodes, like, about AR and everything like mm. that. You know, that's how I learned English, too. And it was funny because there was a lot of things that I learned, uh, and we didn't have cable, so I, I learned through, like, the PBS Oh, yeah. Shows like Dragon Tail, Channel Twenty Eight was clutch. Yeah, that was clutch. <laughs> so Mayan Miguel, Fetch, oh, yeah, all yeah. of those Arthur, cool, Arthur, Arthur, Clifford, all those uh, Cyber Chase, Cyber Chase games. All those, yeah. uh, I call them, you know, broke boy, broke boy <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Loki. Anybody who did not have cable, they were raised by PBS. Yeah. Hey, random. I was gonna yeah. take a side note. Hey, did you ever get um like uh, HBO or like internet for like three months for free? I know that that was a thing back then. No, but I got the Curacao internet that like. You know, again, I was like, hey, you know, my mom's going to make a phone call to Mexico, so you can't, <laughs> you can't use the internet. So, yeah, I mean, with, with school, I, I, I encountered a lot of issues because uh, we moved a lot. I, I went to about four or five different elementary schools, and it was challenging for me to learn English. And that's when uh, programs like the ELD pretty much, you know, were defunded or they just, they were not going on. And what people, if, you know, the listeners... Don't know what ELD is. It's pretty much I would get taught in English and then I would also have like a Spanish you know, teacher or like she would teach me in Spanish or a tutor. Since I moved to so many different elementary schools, it was a bit hard to grasp the language. So it was just about majority. I, I took it as like, oh, I'm making new friends everywhere I go because we moved so long so many times and it just happened to uh kind of affect me this kind of goes into more of my middle school and, and and high school days because i knew so many people because i went to a lot of different schools yeah i know for sure man and would you say that how long or how long would you take to like learn let's say english like you said all right i can you know i can puedo defender you know in, Spanish, in english and spanish i emerged myself in school and this goes into just problems at home you know and this was something that i used school as my escape to not deal with like family problems so I, that's why i guess you can say i learned uh, i picked up i picked up english a little bit faster because i was like okay i'm just gonna like you know when i get home my dad's you know, he deals with like alcoholism and deals with his own things and then you know my mom was always just for some reason mad and it just maybe because of everything that was going on and it just so happened that at the end of the day like it was it was something that i i used as an escape and an, and an added layer, it was we pretty much overstayed our visa, so we became illegal. Mm -hmm. And back then, it was really tough. Like, you know, Homeland Security, La Migra, they were everywhere. They literally, like, they would pull up to s s markets. They would pull up to Jack in the Box, <laughs> everywhere. 
So there was, it was a bit tough to get to understand that, like, why, you know, we're here, I'm here, like, why, I'm not welcome. Like, my mom would be like, oh, you know English. You know English, so just say, like, tu nombre es Adrián, you know, your name is Adrian, you're from Santa Ana. And I would be like, no, like, I'm from Luis Moya Zacatecas. Like, I'm, my name is Adrian, yeah, but I'm, and my mom would always be, like, scared. Because sometimes they would roll up at, at schools, like, right. in elementary schools, and it was, that was her biggest fear that, you know, we over... Uh, just get get caught by Homeland Security, I guess. So I guess that also added an, uh, a different layer of like my mom and my parents always pushing me to like learn English a little bit quicker was because of those type of, I guess you can say legal inter uh, interactions. Yeah, interactions yeah. And I mean, like every other, uh, I guess you can say Latino or, you know, child growing up, like, you know, we ended up, I was pressured in another way to like, be my parents' translator. I was over here, right. you know, being a translator at six years old, seven years old. Like, what is this? What is this big word? It just so happened that, you know, I, that's how I threw myself into, like, learning English and merging myself, I guess you can say, in this. Yeah, I think many people, first generation that comes into this country, United States, they go through that same uh, situation where you're you are your parents translator yeah. so whenever you go to the to the doctor or to let's say the like to the city hall la ciudad oh tenemos que ir a la ciudad for me back then i'm in city hall so right. at least for the utility bill la luz dile, dile, dile. yeah you would have to <laughs> step up and talk to adults in the luz moran episode we said how as a six-year-old you had to learn how to talk to adults mm -hmm. and that's really something that Back in the day, maybe we wouldn't realize that. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's where I got comfortable talking to uh, adults and older folks growing up, like in you know school and now going back into my profession now that I graduated and talking to like upper management and everything like that. Just because I guess, you know, those little things that we learned as a little kid, like being able to, you know, just explain like code switch, I guess you can say, like right. explain to your mom in a way that she's going to understand. And, you know, you don't even understand. So it's, hey, it's, that's it's, good. it's a bit to, that's kind of like some of the things that I'm like, now thinking back, I'm like, wow, like I, you did that. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm not the only one. We, we all did that. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure people can relate to that. So like a lady tells you, uh, five sentences of explaining something and luego yeah. tu mamá te pregunta ¿qué dijo Adrián? and you tell her like in five words like oh dijo ta, 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 ta. oh yeah dijo que si quiere salsa los tacos o no quiere oh she said like she a said bunch some of other stuff. stuff yeah no no dime todo lo que dijo I'm like mom I just told you I just, simpl I just simplified it for you yeah right, right, so right. there was a lot uh, again there was a lot of things like that like, it, like I guess you can say community uh, factors and kind of things like that that were affected me and growing up and uh fortunately my my dad he he was not a resident either so he was about to get deported or there was when i was born when i was going to be born um so fortunately i still don't know what happened to that lawyer i really don't but uh he was able to overturn his deportation and he ended up getting you know working towards getting his citizenship Putting or work. residency yeah. and then you know yeah that lawyer put in work you know, often, you know, with the testing and everything like that, he was able, uh, able to get his citizenship. So because I was so small, I guess there's like a clause or something that I got my citizenship automatically. I'm very blessed and thankful for that opportunity. Right. Yeah. 
But I mean, it was you know there was a period of time that I was like You're scared. We were listening to the radio. My mom like, hey, like we can't go to the store because the migras was spotted over here. That was when like La Que Buena was like, hey, La Migra's over here. The people in Santa Ana don't go here. So there was yeah. a lot of period of like you know anxiety and, and and fear. There was again now moving towards like you know middle school and high school. Uh, I've always loved school. Before I was uh, I was ashamed of saying that of like oh I'm a nerd, but it's like because it was like oh like. You're a nerd. Like, There's a stigma what? to it. Yeah, yeah, there was a stigma to it, and especially because I used to play baseball, and there was also like you know people that like I used to hang out with that were like quote unquote you know little cholitos or whatever, and you know they were like oh school is like I'm I'm too cool I'm too cool for school you know right so I was always like the that kid that. I guess had like a half an inch binder, but I was still in my <laughs> honors classes. And Can I borrow a piece of paper? Yeah, pretty much. I was like, <laughs> I just had one pencil and stuff. But I just always loved school. And the reason I always loved school was, yeah, I guess I also thought from a young age, like, man, my, my mom, seeing my mom going from a teacher to like just being like here, like, you know, she had to retire early. And I saw all of that. And, you know, there was also some toxic part that like she, she you know, sometimes she would remind me right. many, many times that like, hey, you know, I gave up my dreams to give you a better life. So get your stuff together. Step you know? it up. Step it up. That pretty much, there was an element of that. But as well, uh, I had very strict parents. So you know, they were very, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So she, you know, got all the mail and stuff like that, all the phone calls. So if I behave, misbehave in school, like you know, there was a time that like, oh, well, I'm going to hear from it or the, the report cards. I always delivered good grades. But it was because so that they can let me go out. There you go, trade off. So yeah. it was a trade off, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I decided to hang out with the wrong people, uh, ultimately. And at the at now, I think like damn, they were not the best people. But I mean, they taught me the most valuable lessons, uh, and that's you know, be careful who you trust, you know. <laughs> right. And that pretty much like you know having those strict parents uh, allowed me to be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do. I, I'm like, hey. I'm like being a rebel kid. Like I'm gonna do good in school so I can go and like ride bikes with my friends and you know go do teenage kid stuff like you know finding bottle rockets <laughs> and lighting the fireworks in the middle of the street just because why, why not, not? Yeah. <laughs> you know and you know stuff like that. So I was like ah you know I'm like I'm gonna tell my parents like oh yeah I'm, I'm just gonna be around the neighborhood or whatever. But I was out here doing things that I wasn't supposed to. You know that led me. I went to a lot of different elementary schools i ultimately pretty much met a lot of people so in middle school and high school i met a lot of people like i said i'm i was very friendly i was still very tall very like you know people knew who i was type of thing so it was a bit you know like getting the attention like everybody was like oh like oh adrian or i would be like hey bro like i remember for you from this elementary school like this this and people were like oh shit like what <laughs> right. like uh and then we were all like you know i just started hanging out i again it was mostly because of all the you know my dad struggled with alcoholism so my dad would like pretty much drink a 30 pack like on a every other day my mom was like obviously dealing with my dad being drunk and you know weekends was like bad so there was a lot of toxic and I guess in my household mm -hmm. So I was like I'm gonna go hang out with the homies And I would never forget it One one person literally told me There was one uh, one guy in my in my internship That he said Give me a broken child mm -hmm. And I will deliver you a soldier In about a week Okay So that kind of like Thinking back It's like damn I'm On the outside My family Yeah I have both parents Everything going good But there was a lot of Behind the 
closed door things that were like happening that it just I just did not want like like being there at home. That led me to hang out with like the wrong people and ultimately there was I ignored a lot of people. I ignore I and this is where my mentoring comes in that like, you know, you you have to look for you know, people that are looking out for you and listen to that. Adrian, you graduated from UCI. Mm-hmm. You say you grew up in Santa Ana. You're hanging out with the wrong crowd. What changed or what flipped the, the switch in you now taking that route to become a, a UCI student? Because senior year, you just don't say, yeah. I'm going to go to UCI. You worked yeah. towards that in your sophomore year, junior year. Mm-hmm. What changed? Did someone help you out? Mentors? A, a talk you had? Yeah, so there was a, a series of people that helped me out that pretty much changed my perspective in the people that I was hanging out with and the the route that I was that I was going and pretty much I was part of Avid and I'm a really big advocate of Avid shout out uh, shout out to Avid being involved in that program for me it was like oh I, I get to get you know f- free field trips I don't got to go to school <laughs> that's a true that's and, facts <laughs> but in the long run again this is me trying to be like Sticking it into the system, be like, oh, like I'm finding a loophole. Like I'm getting, you know, I'm not going to be in school for this amount of field trips. It ended up helping me in the long run. Right. And I just all those, you know, being in that program really ex- it opened my 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 eyes to be like, oh, wow. Like what? Like there's a lot more things to outside of Santa Ana, you know, and through those field trips, because, again, we said I was a first generation Latino and my parents didn't know anything about college they my dad didn't pass to the fifth grade he dropped out of uh, school my mom she went I, she went to s- college but it was in mexico and she kind of didn't understand uh the u.s kind of process and no universities or anything right. so it just allowed me to kind of see you know usc ucla like all these universities that I did not even know existed. I didn't even know what college was because my parents would be like, you need to go to college, Adrian. You need to go to university. You need to like a better job. Like you don't need to be working like construction and everything like that. And I was like, well, okay, great. What's college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, donde empezo? You know, I was yeah. like, I don't know. Like, what's that? <laughs> and that conversation I was able to have in Avid and, you know, having teachers and uh, that were able to kind of guide me. And I was, like I said, in high school, I was that kid that never did their, their work, but still managed to somehow pass it with an A or B. I was taking AP classes, honor classes, and everything like those. Any class in between that could, I guess you can say, just because of my grades, it just so happened like, okay, you're taking honors English, and now you're going to go up to AP. Like, okay, right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I was that little, I guess, kid, that mischief kid that was like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with all these people, but still, like... Still get your stuff done. Yeah, get my stuff done yeah. for some reason. Low-key living a double life. Pretty hey. much. And <laughs> it was all just me trying to get good grades so that I can, you know, tell my parents, like, okay, like, get get them off my back. I started getting shaped into that because there was people that were like, hey, they were looking at me, teachers, coaches, counselors, that were like, hey, Adrian, like, you have, like, a 4.0, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you hanging out with these... Like, why do you glorify this lifestyle or why are you here? Like, but then in, in my eyes, I was like, no, nah, those are my homies. Like, I don't know. I, I'm doing good in school. It's just just so happened that like they are choosing different 
like paths in life than I am. It just so happened that we just clicked and it right. was just more of also, I guess you can say I don't have any brothers. So it was also kind of having that like family bond that like I was missing at home and just having those people that were like, oh, you know, like I'm going to we're going to go, you know, ditch school or, you know, kind of just do like, you know, go to a skate park and stuff like that and hang out. And it was that like family embracement that I I guess I was missing that I was like, OK. And then there was an incident that occurred that it just pretty much without going into full on details, I ended up getting uh, attacked by, you know, people that we just didn't get along with. And later it came out that it was the people that I hung out with that set me up. It was a wake up call. And, and then at that point I was like, man, like I should have been listening to everybody that was telling me like, it was that saying of, uh, I don't know if y'all heard it, like, like, dime con quien andas y yo te diré quien eres. Yeah, yeah. It finally clicked. Lifestyle, and this is what I told like, my kids right now that I'm working, because I work at a wraparound program. I'm like, what, what does this lifestyle do to you? Like, you're going to end up in the hospital dead, or if you're lucky to end up an OG, like, okay, like, what does that do? Right, long term, yeah. And... I was able to have those conversations with, you know, my baseball coach, counselors. And because half of my high school did not like me or wanted to beat me up, <laughs> it was like, you know, I just became friends with my the, counselors. With like the adults, yeah. Yeah, with the adults. And I guess it it kind of threw me back because I was like, man, when I when I came to this country, I was just hanging out with adults. And some of like, you know, my cousins, there were some of my age, but it was mostly adults because my right. dad played Sunday League. He, he played baseball. So I was always with his friends or we were always just there. So I guess it went to that, that like listening to others. And that, that's when I started my senior year. That's when I started diving into like talking to these, you know, adults and counselors and mentors now that I can still call on my phone right now. And I'll be like, hey, I need a job here or like, hey, I need uh, assistance or mentoring like it went to like now being able to like call people that I used to talk to in in, in my senior year in high, in high school and be like, okay, like I need help with school. Like I get to be able to reach out to those people. So a lot of it was, yeah, that's what kind of led me to be able to be like, okay, I could, I can make a change. And it was tough because everybody's high school experience is like, oh, prom and all these right. things. And I, I hate it. Everything like a lot of that because I was like I was by myself or I had a there was a there was just a bunch of like there was people that I I hung out with but then it was like well if I hang out with Adrian like do like am I at risk of getting right. jumped too or they don't like Adrian so they're not gonna like me dang uh, it was like that so it was just about a lot of like I guess you can say high school drama correct so yeah. that's what kind of like pretty much allowed me to be like you know what like it is what it is. Yeah, Adrian. So, you know, something that me and Irvin really talk about and we relate to is uh, like Kendrick Lamar and Good Kid from a Mad City. When I hear your story and our listeners who have heard that album, you know, maybe they can relate to that. Um, and same thing with your story. And just listen to it. It makes me think about that album. So if you haven't checked it out, shout out to Kendrick. Um, I just got it in vinyl. Hey, there you go. I saw you got your your, your machine, man. You're ready. Yeah. You're ready to rep. And yeah, bro. So I, I, I consider you that, dude. Good Kid from a Mad City. You know, Santa is crazy. Could be. It has its parts. People always say oh, Orange County. Like, you're right. Orange County is Orange County. But L.A. is crazy, right? 
but now we know, we know. Considering now that you have that path of success academically, you know, you know what what made you like be like, all right, man, I'm gonna go to UCI because maybe you had other options or or what was the move after like high school? Yeah, I mean, I I applied to like nine schools and I'm you know gratefully got accepted into all of them. Hey. You know, private Cal States and UCs. Humbly though, hey, yeah, humbly <laughs> and. But I had that spark in my in my in my in my head that I was like, you know what? I because I've always, I originally wanted to become a roller coaster engineer. I want to work with random. <laughs> it was all random. Yeah. I just I just liked roller coasters for some reason. I was like, hey, right. can I become a, uh, an engineer to just build roller coasters? But then I was like, <laughs> well, I that experience shaped me. What I what I went through to like the betrayal and just kind of like being able to process that like people that I grew up with did not like me enough that like they wanted to like seriously injure me. And that kind of dragged me into like a deep hole of like depression, anxiety, paranoia that I didn't even want to go into college. But then I was like, you know what? Like I want to get out of the situation. So I want to go into the helping profession. I want to help youth that may feel that they're stuck because a lot of these kids, they are not bad kids. It's just they're dealt pretty bad situations. They're, they're dealt bad cards. Right. And at that end, and that's what I was like, you know what? Like, there's a lot of hope. And a lot of the population that I work with is at-risk youth, but I like to call it at-hope youth. Right. Because there's always hope in those communities, but you just have to carve it out from what they already know and experience. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into criminal, criminal justice, criminology, and psychology. And I, I think it still was one of the top programs. And UCI, I had always fell in love with it because I, I I went to a couple of times. And I was like, whoa, like, this spot is cool. And my I had family that lived in Irvine. So I was like, oh, like, this is, like, it's super close to home. My, my parents were like, I had a full-ride scholarship out of state. But my mom was like, my parents were like, no. No, that's too far. Like, we're never going to see you. Right. So, no. And I was like, okay. Well, UCI, I actually traveled my freshman year. I went to, to UCI on the bus. So, it took me two, almost two and a half hours. All the stops, huh? One way. One way. Dang. Crazy, man. So, it was it was a shock at first because, again, my dad was like, my parents were like, don't move into college like why are you gonna it's so close to here i'm like yeah in car not yeah. in the bus <laughs> right. so th- they were like no no dorms nothing none of that like you're gonna commute in the bus it's not that bad it wasn't until i took my dad on that bus ride because check it out he's been here for 30 years and he had never been on the bus what? And he still didn't want to be on the bus he, he not an octa he's he's never been on the <laughs> on, he's never been on the bus bro Dang. and on the contrary my mom and i we grew up on the bus because he was same. always you know, in construction, working construction, so he's never home. So we went to, like, we would go to, like, the beach and stuff. And obviously sometimes when we were ditched in high school, we would hit the bus, you know? Yeah, the it. bus came in clutch back in the days, man. Yeah. Shout out to the bus. <laughs> that kept me off the streets. <laughs> For real, hey. And it wasn't until I took my dad, like, I'm like, okay, like, let's, it wasn't until I took my dad behind the bus because he didn't want to get in the bus that I, I was like, this is my route. And he's like, oh, snap. Reality check for you. This is a reality yeah. check. But, but that's why, like, they had a good program. I got the most financial aid from UCI. And I was like, snap. Yeah, it's practically almost a full ride. Right. Like, let's go. I'm, I'm down. Like, <laughs> it makes sense. One of the best programs. I'm ready. 
And it was a reality check because at UCI, when I went in, there was, you know, the Latino student population was only 11%. Right, it was low. It was super low. So they were getting kicked out because of academic probation. And, so retention and was low. The retention was low, exactly. So I always loved, like I said, school. Studying was a bit hard for me to transition because in high school, it was pretty easy for me. I, I just didn't, I didn't study, but it became a little bit harder. It came a reality check, like, oh, I'm in college now. Like, wow. Yeah, no Quizlets for you anymore, huh? <laughs> there was no nah, more I'm Quizlets. Just kidding, man. <laughs> there was no more flashcards that I was going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, let me Google this. Right. I get a car my sophomore year. Now I'm able to trans, like, commute, and it, would, it, it helped me a lot. It helped me because now I was able to, like, get involved, and I started looking at, like, a place for me. Right. And I couldn't find it at UCI. And then I came. I was approached by a friend of ours, and well, Alberto. And he's like, hey, like, let's start an organization called Hermanos Unidos. I have a couple guys. Let's start it. And I was like, I'm down. Let's go. But if, you know, for the listeners that may not know what uh, Hermanos Unidos, the UCI is, it's it's a nonprofit organization for the, the mission is to increase the retention rate among Latino males in higher education, because our familia was specifically for UCI, at UCI, through three pillars, which was academics, community service, and social networking. And in, if many of our listeners are going into college or are in college, the biggest thing that I was able to get out of it is networking. It's so important to network with fellow classmates, with professors, anybody like that what is willing to help you because you never know like who's going to, you know, who's going to graduate and might own a business down the line. And I was able to be like, okay, I wanted, I wanted to build something like that right. because there was, I felt like there was something missing there. And, you know, we got the ground running. Jason, I know uh, you're one of the people that started it along with yeah, us. Nice. Shout out Jason. Hey, shout, shout out Jason. Jason. And Pretty much that's that's what I my 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 vision for it was. I felt like I didn't belong because obviously in Irvine, you know, we were so low and there was already an increase of people like that looked like me right. that would wear, you know, cowboy boots and bump Spanish music around UCI and people would be looking at me kinda weird. But you know, I started meeting a lot more professors, started meeting uh, Dr. Valdez that was able was, you know, Michael Lara, a lot of professors, you know, Dr. O. Uh, Dr. Ortega, mm -hmm. and I started meeting all these people that were able to like help me along the way. And you know, shout out to Dr. Valdez. There was a lot of times where like literally I was going through financial hardships. I had like fifty cents in my bank account, and he would be like, "Look, mijo, like here's an In-N-Out gift card, or here's ten bucks so that you can go get uh, I don't know Chick Fil A, uh, a Wendy's four four four, you right, know, right, right. Jack in the Box, or Jack in the Box. <laughs> hey, shout out to that Jack though. It came in clutch. Yeah, Jack in the Box, <laughs> or you know, the four 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 at Wendy's. Wendy's, man. And I was able to be like, you know what? I want to be that. Right. To others. You want to pass it forward. Yeah, I want to pass it forward. So that's it's when good. I like it started. You know, through this organization and just through my like, I guess you can say voice and my 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 passion. I was able to be like, I was able to start mentoring like just people and giving you know my two cents or just kind of listening to people be like hey you know this is uci and i kind of know i've been here a couple of years like how can i this is kind of how i can give back to you and you know just being like you know these are the certain classes you take pretty much just kind of navigating higher education and that was kind of like my impact that i felt like i i i i 
I left at UCI was giving was giving that paying paying back paying forward mentality. Right. Yeah, man. I always give you praise because I know when we started uh, Hermanos Unidos in particular, you know, we were all coming from different backgrounds uh, and different kind of situations. We didn't really know each other as gentlemen. And then we got to know each other. And obviously another thing from Hermanos Unidos that we learn is to like deconstruct the machismo mentality, you know, that we yeah. were raised with. Subconsciously, we had it, you know. Correct. And seeing you progress, seeing um, the fellow hermanos progress, it's like, yo, it's beautiful because we get to see other people change, you know, into the, the person they are now. And you're right. Network has been key for us. You know, we're connected right now. We've connected with other hermanos. Not only at UC Irvine, we could be able to meet other hermanos from, like, just the whole state, you know. So it, it's cool. And then seeing you become co-chair after, it's like, yo, he's stepping it up. And yeah. he's learning, you know, and obviously with that comes lessons. What can you say about that? You know, taking responsibility now. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, so when I became co-chair, it, it was, with you know, with the help of Jesus, because he was my other, or Jesus Ortega, he was uh, yeah, the my other, other co-chair. Yeah. What is co-chair? I don't know what, what uh, co-chair is. is pretty much the co-president. Mm -hmm. So you're the pretty much the, the, the president of the organization, and you share it with another fellow hermano. So you were president of Hermanos Unidos? Well, yeah, co-president, co co-president, yeah. and yeah, it, it was uh, it's it's tough because it's pretty much you're overseeing a whole organization, and you're like, okay, how are we gonna survive <laughs> this year and 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 grow? Because we were so new, we right. we wanted to grow the organization with fifty dollars in our bank account. So how are we gonna do that? And shout out to Zamir, shout out to everybody, <laughs> shout out to that whole uh, steering, yeah, yeah, shout out to the steering, and we were able to be like. Okay, let's bring our our culture and our 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 flavor to to Irvine, and we started selling like you know our fundraisers at Ring Road or kind of like the center of campus. Yeah. We started selling tacos. We we had like a a big cart, and we were like just selling tacos. With at first we were being extra, and we were like grill <laughs> the meat, the actual <laughs> meat, like right there with the asador, and then like cut it up and legit business, man. legit right there. <laughs> And, you know, we had, like, a side salsa bar where, where, you know, we would have, like, guacamoles, like... The music al, bumping. Almolcajete. Al, 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 al <laughs> everything, man. The cumbias bumping at the speaker. It was it was a whole show. It was we would authentic. Have, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have, like, people, like, lined up. But it also helped us because we were able to... There was a lot of tours, so we would see a lot of little kids from, like, L.A., and they would be like, what? This like, is a vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's man. a vibe. Yeah, they would be like, there's these little kids that are like, what? Hey, like, yeah. There's people like us. Like, like, and then there was people like, the little kids would come up. And I'd be like, hey, y'all don't want to go get like like Starbucks? I know like the food court was always one it's of the always, biggest yeah. things. Panda, They panda. would be like, no, no, no. Queremos tacos, queremos tacos. That's right. And then there was people, <laughs> there was staff that would come up to us and be like, hey, like the kids, like it was cool. That the kids were able to see you guys it's exposure and, man. and like exposure and then that kind of led to like us giving you know our own tours to like you know we would reach out to schools and be like hey i'll give you I, I gave so many tours to a lot of program just schools and i would tell them i mean no shade to like the tour guides but it was mostly like hey you know this is like the library Super you know, generic. Are, like it was very generic yeah. information i was like hey you know this is the middle you know the dorms and if i had one hermano in the dorms <laughs> i would be like hey Maybe I can sneak in and we can sneak in some people so y'all can see the dorms. So it was a lot of those being able to like give back to our community and, and kind of just focus on that. And I was able to see uh, it was just a lot of that. I guess you can say there was that pressure that we're like, OK, like uh, hopefully we don't flop or I don't like run this organization. We don't run this organization to the ground type stuff. 
but there was a lot of growth and I, I, I feel like that was able to like, you know, help me for future because I mean, I was, I still stayed at UCI as a fifth year when I, and I did not become a, uh, yeah, but you're still a member there. I yeah. was still a member. Yeah, of course. So I would still be able to see like, you know, people would reach out to me for like guidance or just kind of talking about being able to like manage like UC, UC Irvine. So I became a mentor and, and yeah. another thing also about mentors that like they provide you opportunities. So that's why I feel like it's very important for, you know, if you're listening to be able to reach out to, to, to folks that will be able to like provide you opportunities and just you like, you never know who you're going to talk to that is going to present you with an opportunity that you never know. Like, again, if you're a, like I was a criminology major, I seeked mentors in the business field. Mm-hmm. They would be like, why? Well, because a business is always going to need, I, I had background in security too. I did like loss prevention. So I was like, a business is always going to need security. They're always going to need, I know somewhat of law. If I if I decide to go into like law school and become a lawyer, they're going to need lawyers. Right. So it all intersects. And being able to like, I was able to see that like in college. I was like, oh, wow. Like, it opens your vision. It too. opens your yeah, vision. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And I became a uh, an intern with the Freedom Writers. And this is where I'm talking about pr- opportunity. Through the Freedom Writers, if y'all haven't seen the movie, it's just about a teacher that kind of helps at, you know, at Hope Youth. Yeah, I think every high schooler saw that movie yeah, at yeah. one time in their life. It's either Freedom Writers or Stand and Deliver. <laughs> at yeah. least. Yeah. At least. <laughs> and uh, I was, I became an intern with them, and they, she provided me the opportunity to go to Israel. She as in the yeah. Freedom Writer, like the main teacher? Yeah, the, the teacher. The one inspired nice. by that movie, right? Nice. Miss Erin Gruel. Hey, shout out. I, I call her Mama G. Mama, Mama G. G. And she, pro- she provided me an opportunity to go to Israel. Dang, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> it was... It was an it was an experience, man, hey. to say the least. I mean, for those, I mean, y'all can look at the picture that uh from the cover of this podcast. I'm not like I'm a bit on the darker side of like the skin complexion. So, and I also do got like a beard. So it was it was a learning experience all around. And first of all, I started with my family. They're like, no, like. Look, look, miramos en la Univision. And, right, right, right. So it's the Lemon. van a secuestrar, mijo. Man, no, no, no. No tenemos los cinco mil para el rescate. Nah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you're going on the other side of the world. But I was like, you know what? I want to go. Uh, I'm, I'm Catholic, so I wanted to explore, like, the beginnings. The, the, the Bibles. And, right. But I learned in, you know, church and everything. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And it was because of the opportunity that I was able to bring from, from, from Aaron from the freedom matters and it was amazing i mean we only went for two weeks but it was crazy you know there was a lot of situations that i have a little darker skin tone so it was a lot of there was a lot of like questioning of like uh biases that like the media portrays and that my it's funny how like my my parents still acknowledge that and i also kind of i mean in the back of my head i'm not gonna lie like i was a bit scared right but i was like you know what i want to go in with an open mind and I want to experience it. There was, you know, some, some, you know, realities that I'm like, okay, I'm in another place. Yeah, another, another rule, another culture. Yeah, another culture. You know, there was in, in Israel when, you know, there was soldiers that you know, wanted to like, they thought I was Palestinian and it just created conflict. But, you know, thankfully nothing really, ex- uh, you know, happened extremely that, you know, scarred me. I would, I would love to go back. All right. There was in Israel. There was a manager in a hotel that we stayed at. That he was from Monterrey, 
Israel. And he was a manager at the hotel. And I was like, what? So I was like, he literally told me, you can survive with Spanish and English here. I was like, wow. Okay. Put that in my notes. I might move in. I might move over here. <laughs> but with this opportunity, I was able to provide it to my fellow hermanos. And there's other folks that I was able to uh, recommend to go to that strip. And it wouldn't have yeah. been possible without like mentors. So I feel like it's very important uh, to be able to find someone if you're in school or just in a community that like look at community groups and, and everything like that. It opens doors. Uh, a little reference to previous episodes. It's sometimes it's who you know in places. Oh, yeah. There was it's sometimes it's who you know. And, and that's the thing that's, that's right. important uh, to know. And that's what I tell these kids that I work with now because I work with kids that are on probation. All right, Adrian. Well, now we would like to ask our signature question, our show signature question. We ask this question to every guest. And the question is, if you could talk to a younger version of yourself, a little Adrian. Or Adriana. Or Adriana, whether a boy or girl, what would you tell him or her that is in a similar situation to you that is fighting the fight and achieving their own goals and dreams? What would you tell them? I feel that... It's funny because I feel like I, I feel like I answer, uh, I I go through this on a daily basis because of the of the youth that I work with, but and this is what I what I tell them that where you start does not necessarily mean that's where you're gonna end up in, and I know it's 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 tough, but being able to listen, and there's a there's a battle with that, being able to listen to others around you. But obviously using your judgment, being it like listening to others around you, whether it's good or bad, but kind of you being a judge of that, but being able to process that, be like, okay, why are they saying this? And looking, taking yourself out of a situation, because sometimes it's, it's, it's easier for you to like help someone else, but then you might be facing the same situation. And you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Right, right, but you, right. Your homie just came up and told you the same, same thing. You developed a very elaborate plan of how to help remembering that like hey well my situation does not define me i am worthy of being where i'm at and that goes into just i know that i have a purpose and mm -hmm. if you don't feel like you have a purpose it might not show right now yeah but that's what i tell these kids that i work with it's like hey you could go to college you could like they tell me sometimes like damn adrian like you know what's up like oh you know like like this or that and i'm like dude i'm not that much older than you one two right like we've all been like I've, I've been young too man like i know what's up right and i feel like that's something that i will uh, i would i would tell the the, the youth and, or i would tell my uh, younger self like hey trust the process and use everything as a learning experience and that's why i i also say that i don't regret everything anything that i've done and, and it taught me something it made you to who you are today. Yeah, and Every, I mean, it could have killed me, but <laughs> it didn't. So it just there's a reason for that. There's a reason why I'm you know I'm here and I want to help others. Yeah, yeah. like a reference from the, the Dark Knight. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly. Hey, it's not Katy Perry song. <laughs> Bro, what doesn't Knight. kill you makes you stronger. Knight. I don't know. Bro. I don't know if she copied Dark Knight, but Probably. if she did. She owes a check to Christopher Nolan, bro. I thought you were going to uh, quote, uh, what's the name? Um, Kanye West. Everything I'm not made me everything I am. Hey. That's a good one, too, eh? That is a good one. That's true. And it just, that's something that, like, I, I want to help. 
That's true, man. And that's that's why I'm I and not just help the community because I've also again I've dab uh, I've my, one of my hobbies and interests is also marketing and just being able to help out the community and I, I put that on pause just because of what I was going through. But now I'm slowly, you know, picking myself back up and trying to be like, I'm still not where I want to be. And that's what I feel like it's, it's the beauty of the pro- podcast is you're, you're going to have a very variety of guests and right. you're going to have some guests that are accomplished and they're going to be like, hey, like th- these are my next goals, but I kind of have a clear thing. I some, I'm like, I got so many paths and I still don't know what I want to do. But right. the underlying factor is I want to help my community. And, you know, I'm slowly doing that. There's, you know, I'm, I'm still pursuing my, my, my marketing on, on the side. I want to help, you know, so a lot of my homies have small businesses and I want to help them grow. Like, I don't, I don't do it for the money. I mean, it just, right. I do it because I care. And I feel like that's something that, like, if you feel super passionate about something, it doesn't matter whatever they tell you. Is, well, if people, like, you know, criticize you or anything like that, it's just okay. Oh, yeah, man. And I think that's the purpose of this podcast, man. We want to have guests like yourself where they're in their journey. We want to join you in your journey, you know? We want to listen to it. Of course, we want to see you succeed, and maybe you'll come back for a second, third when you're there, when you're like, all right, I made it. But the with be- new lessons learned. With new lessons, man, of course, because you're going to trip. We're all going to trip, man. So we all have to get up and keep, you know, strap on our boots. Let's go. So we want to hear that story, you know? Like Urban says, you know, you want to hear the nitty-gritty. You know, we want to hear that, and that's it's, there's beauty in the struggle, as J. Cole says, you know? So... I think you sharing this story is going to help a lot of us, you know, who are also low key, you know, going through stuff, you know, understand that we're not alone because when you talk like, hey, man, like, you know, I don't know. We have so many paths, but we don't know. It's true, man. People say you after college, you're going to graduate and you're set. Nah, reality check. You don't even know. Yeah. My Uh, mom expected me to make 100K. At least after I walked off the stage, you're like, okay, so you have to trabajo. And I was like, you're like, bro, you see, I didn't even uh, give him my diploma. um, They took six months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, I haven't even gotten the diploma. This is a piece of paper. <laughs> this is just, yeah. <laughs> like, they they just got it from the from the printer, bro. Like, yeah. what? Now, if, you know, for the listeners that want to get to know you more, you know, maybe want to hear a little bit more of your story on a personal level, you know, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, so the listeners, if y'all want to keep in touch, uh, I do have a Facebook, Adrian De La Riva, like in the title. It's it's kind of like in the title. We'll put it in the notes. In yeah, the, we yeah, got yeah, the podcast notes. Yeah, check, check my, my link there. Uh, I have an Instagram underscore Adrian DLR. And if y'all have any questions about mentorship or how to even start becoming a mentor, how do you know you want to mentor others or, Hey, like, I don't even know how to, you know, re talk to someone like, you know, right now it's emails, like how to send an email. Uh, you know, y'all can f- feel free to reach out and I'm, I'm more than happy to help. All right, Adrian. Well, thank you for sharing with us your story, your experiences. A lot of people are going to, Really um, enjoy, not enjoy your struggles, but rather enjoy knowing the behind the scenes version of your life. Right. And they'll see that, like Jason said, there's beauty in the struggle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I yeah. quoted J. Cole, though, not my words. Oh. <laughs> I gotta, I don't want to be copyrighted on this. I, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Us yeah, Against the World podcast. Remember, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, whether on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please do so. Follow our IG page. All of that is linked below. Again, thank you for listening. This is your co-host, Irvin Mendoza, signing out. Hey, this is Jason Ortiz. And we'll see you all next time. See you guys. Take care. Is anybody going to remember me?
if I go tonight, I doubt the world will change. I just pray they don't forget my name. These the game rules I can't lose. When it's all said and done, will I still be cool? Spent like I'm on. 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. How much I'ma spend profiling?